is now the ultimate power in the universe. Hello there. Hello, all you Star Wars nerds and far, far away family. Welcome back to this week's episode of Lightsaber Radio. If you've missed any of our previous episodes, hi one! Go and listen to those and then come back and check out this week's episode. Today we'll be talking about Bad Batch, the latest in the Net news and rumor mill, Charlie's Impossible Quiz, and everything Star Wars related in between. How are we doing today, everybody? What's going on? Doing good. So excited. I'm back. We have got so much to cover this week. So much to cover. We certainly do. And if you notice, uh, everyone, CJ said that he's back. He's back from out the outer regions. Welcome back, dude. Guess who's back? <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's been a hectic couple weeks. I'm just glad to be back. I'm glad to be talking with you guys. I always enjoy it. Well, good deal, good deal. And G-Money, that was a great Eminem drop-in. Like it, dude, like <laughs> it. You know it, you know there it. There you go, there you go. <laughs> so why don't we just jump right into it? Quick intro on this week's episode of The Bad Batch, Rescue on Ryloth. Basically, The Bad Batch gets guilted into rescuing Harris and Dula's parents after Omega basically says to Hunter, isn't that what soldiers are for? And guys, take it away. Well, I don't know if yes. he, I don't know if there was so much trick into it. Well, I said guilted. I said guilted. Or or even guilted. guilted into it because Omega came up with a strategic way of getting them to do it. She said, All right, we're gonna come up with a way to convince Hunter. If they think they might have a way to win, we can get them to do it. And Omega, she did a good job of that. Yeah, I think you're right when we talked about how she might come become kind of the leader of the team. Just through sheer guilting and puppy dog eyes, that's kind of what she did. She's kind of calling the shots now. I thought it was kind of funny. Okay, what were your guys' thoughts on the show? Because I have mine, but I want to see what you guys thought about this episode specifically. I absolutely loved this episode. I thought it was so fun, so exciting. She did not guilt them. She was being smart. Oh, she did. She was using a strategy. Oh. That strategy. Her she eyes was weren't even she's playing saucers. It. She's playing him. She's, she's just using. Ah, I see you. I'm sorry. <laughs> any parent or any adult is going to feel guilted whenever I can pay you money. My parents will pay you. That's oh, guilt. She, she really cut him deep with that. Isn't that what soldiers do? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but I still oh. don't think that they would have done it without her coming up with their strategic plan and using Hera's knowledge of the planet and what was going on with the planet. Because Hunter was, he was just at the point where he was like, I, we're not doing this. This is not a good idea. There's no point in doing anything if we're dead. We all get killed. So that's not strategic. But she came up with a plan, her and Hera, that caused them to go and do it. But that's what I would do for you. <laughs> That's major guilt. I mean, I think she did a great job, like, by coming up with that plan. Like, she was proactive and it was a good plan and stuff, but she totally guilted them, I think. Or, to give credit to Charlie's point of view, she just used her strengths and she knew her strength. She knew she could twist them and she played little cute and innocent. Okay, so so guilting, cute and innocent are strengths. CJ, you're kind of quiet here. What do you think, dude? 
I'm impartial because I have a three-year-old niece that will do the same tactics. And I don't know if it's strategic planning to get your way to make sure that you do the right thing because that's all Omega is doing with herself is trying to do the right thing, trying to be a good person in a very dark galaxy. Or it is pure guilt tripping because she knows her brothers. She couldn't do it without them, for one. Two, that's her only friend that she's ever had. I just, uh, I don't, it's, I'm impossible about it because I feel like there's a little bit of guilt tripping, but she does have a point due to the fact that she would go do that. She would, she would literally be like, hey, if that was you, if that was you in a jail cell, I would grab everybody and anybody to come get you and get you the hell out of there because you are important. These people are important to her and she needs them out. She doesn't have a family if they don't come That's out. fair. I, I want to circle back on something, though, just real quick. You said that she couldn't do it without her brothers. Did you see what her and Hera did in that stolen shuttle? She needed it. She needed them to be it was, in, in, it in was three so different places bad. at once. She just needed them to be in three different places at, months, uh, at, at once. Garrison. Right. But... To credit to CJ, I mean, we've seen her do that. We've seen her when the Bad Batch are in trouble. We've seen her risk her own safety to go help. So that's a good point. I think that's she would. That's she kind of like, she practices what she preaches. But then again, on the other hand, like, I, I know Charlie really liked the episode. I thought the episode was, it wasn't one of my favorites. And it the felt, reason it, it being felt is like, like Rebels. Yeah. For me, it kind of felt forced. Like, it felt almost unrealistic. Like, I don't see the likelihood of two little girls. So you into the camp. So you heard it here first, uh, y'all. Garrison says that this is a hash brown filler episode. Kyle, what do you think, dude? Well, the three things that I really enjoyed about the episode. Now, let me explain these three things right quick. The first one was the Hera and Omega worked together and they got everything situated. The second thing is now we're starting to see more of the chips malfunction because Hauser's chip is malfunctioning. And when he said, brothers, this is not right. Who is with me? A bunch of people dropped their shields and guns, a bunch of the clones. And I think this is the transition that they needed to bring us to the next episodes where Tarkin's little idea, you know, that they need enlisted soldiers. They need people that they can mind manipulate without using these chips because these chips are not set to last forever. Sooner or later, their good and their strategic ideas of how the clones were created is going to go against the chips. We're seeing that now. Then the next thing is the Hunter, I mean, not Hunter, but um, what's his face, uh, sharpshooter guy? What's his name? My, my Crosshair. Crosshair. At the end, where Crosshair says, may I hunt them? And he gets the green light. I think this is two of the things that really are going to set the future episodes up. So you have knowing that the chips in the clones' heads are starting to fail, and this gives Crosshair and the rest of the Bad Batch a chance to get a hold of Crosshair to fix his chip, to deactivate his chip, to bring the Bad Batch back together. That's why I think it's going. And I think this episode, that's what it was showing the direction in which that it was going, because they said they couldn't get to him on Camino, but if he's chasing them, they can get to him. I, I, I like that thought. Charlie, you heard something there. Um, one of my favorite parts of the episode was when Hera sends the transmission via Chopper and um, it appears in like the Bad Batch's ship. It's a, it's obviously like a really lovely homage to Leia and R2-D2 and the message that's sent in the first film. And I thought that was a really nice touch. Help me claim Force 99. You're my yes. only hope. Can I have a baguette? 
<laughs> and there were for sure some good ports. Like I love the part like where you're talking about how the clones chips are starting to malfunction. It's kind of it's setting up future episodes. But I just thought like I don't know maybe this is just me. But you see like Clone Force 99 how they're really hesitant to get on this mission because it's really dangerous. The chances of succeeding aren't super likely. But the whole mission just seemed to be kind of easy, the way the episode showed it. Like, they got done everything. Like, they just happened to sneak yeah. in, steal a shuttle, and were able to blow everything up. Like, two little girls, two kids. And, like, everything just kind of, like, perfectly fell into place. And it felt a little, like, oh, because the writers wanted it to happen. It just happened. Like, don't ask questions. It was just, it just felt a little, like, unrealistic almost, I guess. Which I know we're talking about Star Wars. Not everything's supposed to be realistic, but come on. <laughs> I can see where you're going there because... You said a little bit earlier that it seemed a little forced or we, we don't want to use the word filler, but kind of a, a touch of a filler to get from, okay, Hera's parents are in jail. We've got to reintroduce the Bad Batch because we saw him for not even 15 seconds the last episode. So we kind of had to reintroduce something there and we have to kind of force Crosshair and the Bad Batch to kind of have this showdown like what Kyle's saying. So I can see where you're going with the idea of a forcing. CJ, you're a little quiet, dude. Well, I'm trying not to interrupt anybody. Honestly, I, I see where Garrison's coming from and I see where you guys are coming from with that. I don't feel like it was overly forced. I feel like it was a minor like push, kind of a nudge. In the previous episode, we, we saw the lineup, you know, where, hey, Omega gives Hera, hey, here, if you need anything, you need any help. It was kind of a, we already knew that was going to happen. We we expected it from the last episode before this one. It was, hey, if you ever need anything, contact me on this transmission. We will help you. It's kind of a lineup. And you know for a fact Omega is not going to turn it down. Like I said in the, in the last statement I made, she's, she's pure hearted. She's just, if she can help somebody, she will do it. And if it's for, like, if it's for a good reason, it's for a good reason. Like, she... She tried to become friends with Finnick Shan. Like this kid has no evil bone in her body. Like she's just willing to help anybody and everybody that needs help. Pure and innocent, I like that. Kyle, what do you think, man? Well, I think the Garrison is correct in the point that it is a filler episode. But we gotta remember that we need filler episodes to complete the story. Sometimes you need episodes just to bring you to the next part of the story. Because without those filler episodes, sometimes we just be like, what the, what is going on? Why are they doing this again? Like, Eric just came up. Why did she pop up? Where did she come up? You know, we got to have now them having two filler episodes in a row. I don't see like I think that they could have did something a little bit different in directing and put both of these episodes into one. But and then we just said it would have been too fast. Yeah. So 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 uh, we're going to complain one way or the other. Um, I, I could be wrong, but then we then we'd have been fussing have been too fast. Charlie, what do you think, ma'am? I have two points actually. Um, the first one's in response to Kyle. Like I think it's really important to remember that everything that we're seeing and everything that's being shown to us is incredibly deliberate. Like Filoni and Favreau know exactly what they're doing. This is meticulously planned down to the finest detail. There doesn't seem to be any kind of room for vagary or speculation. But nothing happens I without think- a reason. Exactly. I think we just have to sit in, hold tight and ride it out. My only real problem with the episode, Crosshair is terrifying to me, like the concept of a shooter who never misses. (laughs) Who could have taken the Bad Batch out? Straight up. In that entire episode, all of them dead, gone, done, dusted, finished. And that, he just... I'm upset the character's not being utilised as I feel he maybe should be. He's terrifyingly intimidating. Have you ever noticed how he's only shot um, Wrecker twice? He ain't shot nobody else. He just shot Wrecker twice. <laughs> Does he have a particular issue with Wrecker? 
Well, if you watch <laughs> the Clone Wars where he's like in the first season, uh, not first season, but season seven of Clone Wars where Wrecker's always picking on him. And then in the beginning of the Bad Batch, he's always picking on him. And it's like, I feel like I feel like that was kind of some payback for Wrecker picking on Crosshair. Just a well, little. Well, that's a nice bit of continuity then. I appreciate that. To, to Kyle's point though, and to your point, Charlie, uh, more so your point, I believe, how in the world does a headshot not kill that senator? I just want to plant that idea. Garrison, your thoughts? Well, we don't know that he's not dead. Yeah, we know. It, it, it explicitly says. Well, uh, that's what he said. That's what the Empire said. But they could well, be the lying. the Empire is going to say anything to... Fair that point. dude was dead when they shot him. When, they, that, when, when, when Crosshair shot him, he was dead. I mean, the bullet went right through his head. He's dead. Now, now, boys, now, now. That's a fair point. He is is dead. They just said that to the crowd because they don't want the crowd to know that that somebody killed uh, the Senate. Empire propaganda. I got you. I got you. Garrison. Well, to Charlie's thing, I'm excited that now Crosshair finally gets to hunt him down. Like, I'm excited that we're going to get to see more Crosshair because he's one of the coolest characters. And his his talent and his abilities are going to be something that I'm really excited to watch. The only thing I'm a little bit worried about is... Because you want the heroes to survive, Crosshair's going to have to miss, or Crosshair's going to have to mess up. Well, that's why I think... From what we've seen of Crosshair, sorry, just from what we've seen of Crosshair, he's not one to mess up. He's not one to miss. So I'm curious to see how they're going to tie that in, how they're going to have them still survive while Crosshair's still being a total badass. Well, see, this is the thing, and that goes back to the situation of he doesn't miss, and he has missed them a lot. He shot Wrecker twice because he knows Wrecker's going to survive. Both times was a shoulder shot. Come on, this dude don't miss. And, so what, and what like, about that time in the hangar whenever he missed them as they're trying to board the ship? Yeah, he was, he's was he been missing yeah. a lot. Only time he, he's hit record twice. The biggest, strongest person that he knew was going to survive. So even though that they redid his chip and everything and got him where he's like, oh, I want to hunt them and all this, I don't think that he really wants to kill them. He wants to capture them so he can bring his brothers back and get their chips worked on so that they can be on his team. He don't really want to kill them. So that's what leads up to the opportunity for them to be able to capture him and get rid of his chip. And I think that's the way that Dave and John are playing this. They're playing this to the point of they're going to get Crosshair back and Clone Force 99 is going to be all together again. It has to go that way. There's no way that they're going to have Crosshair kill them because that's the end of the season. That's the end of the show. So that's not going to happen. They can't, they're not going to end the show like that. There's going to be a second and third and maybe even fourth season, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be a second and a third. And if they go the way that they're looking at right now, I think that that's the way that it's going to go. It's going to go to the point that they're going to capture him. They're going to remove his chip like they removed their chips. And that's going to be the place that it settles in. The Clone Force 99 is going to be back together. Can I theorize right there one second while you're on a theory? Who is the only un... Uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Unaltered clone, as far as genetically in CF99. Anybody? Echo. Echo, exactly right, Garrison. My theory here is the ep- uh, kind of like what you're saying, Kyle, to get Crosshair back in, there has to be a confrontation. And I think Crosshair kills Echo, and then the rest of CF99 takes him down and gets him back in by removing his chip. Any thoughts, anybody? That's no, not Echo. I hope. It has to be Echo because he's the only non-enhanced clone. He's already been oh, Well, he is enhanced up. to a Killing certain extent. Records, but, so but, but, but not genetically, but not genetically enhanced. He was altered by the Techno Union. He's yeah, already but he's been still altered. Up. But my thing is this. I look at it in a, in, in a sense, though, 
when they took him in, he is their tech guy. You know, you have tech, but Echo can literally connect himself to computer. They need somebody like that in order to break into Empire buildings and, and, and do stuff that when they don't have a droid, because at right at this point, they don't have a droid there. Echo is their droid. So I just don't see that being a possibility that they get rid of Echo. It's, it could happen. I mean, it's, it, it, you never know which way it goes because that would pull on everybody's heartstring like, oh, no, Echo, you know, and then that would draw right. you in more. And as a good writer, you go, you want to draw in your, you want to draw on the high, heartstrings of people. But I think there's enough of that already with Omega. As a rebuttal to that, though, he's been the under, the most underutilized character this entire season. Everybody's stories have been fleshed out. Tech has become more of the data cruncher, Wrecker, of course, he wrecks things. He had his little gaff where he kind of blew up at everybody and then he got fixed. Hunter is growing as a dad. Omega's come along with her skills. He is the crosshair back with the Empire. Everybody's story has come along except Echo's. Garrison. Well, I, I kind of agree with that. Like, I love Echo, but I haven't seen him do as much, contribute as much as I was kind of hoping and expecting. That's kind of a good point. I mean, I really hope he doesn't die. And if he does die, I think they will do a little bit more with him just to get it to tug on our heartstrings a little bit more. Because for those of us who, for those of the fans who maybe haven't seen all of the Clone Wars and who are just jumping into this, Echo isn't that engaging of a character, right? But for someone who's watched the Clone Wars and like, I, I love Echo, right? I think Echo's awesome. And so I feel like they're going to make Echo a little bit bigger of a character before they kill him, if they're going to do that. That's a fair point. CJ, you were going to say something, dude. Biggest thing with that, I, I, I love where you guys are going with this. I don't want Echo to die. I'm just going to say that right now. He was, I mean. I, I don't think we want any of them to really die, but it would just make sense is, if it were him. The biggest thing is, is those guys, Dave Filoni is very famous for highlighting a certain character for a certain amount of time. And in season seven of Clone Wars, it was all about Echo. Go get Echo, help Echo. Echo do this, Echo do that. Hey Echo, how do you feel about this? Yes, Echo, go join the Bad Batch. He's very meticulous on who he highlights in certain things. That's fair. So to play off of that point as kind of a darker conspiracy theory, who has been the character most highlighted in this uh, season that Filoni would have highlighted that it would absolutely kill, pun intended, for Crosshair to kill? Hunter. Wrecker. Hunter. Wrecker Hunter. 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 Yeah. Be because, be so? because, uh, because Hunter is the, the quote unquote leader and he has grown the most dynamically throughout this entire season. My, he's, also my grown the, he's also grown the closest to Omega. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Kyle, you, you look like the, you, you want to say something, dude. What do you think? And Kyle's muted. <laughs> I can fix that. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, the reason that I doubt that they'll kill off Echo is because Echo already died in the Clone Wars, or they assumed that he was dead. And I don't see Dave doing that again. And it just seems too predictable that something like that would happen. Now, I think that it's a possibility that he's captured, reprogrammed, and then reintroduced back into Clone Force 99 to help with their abduction, to help with the Empire being able to capture them, or that somebody else will be captured and the roles will be reversed. I can see Dave causing Crosshair to become the new hunter when it comes to Omega. Once they get Crosshair back, I can see Dave throwing that loop in everything because that would have everybody like, what, Crosshair? No, he's not that kind of guy. But to have him do that, 
that would bring a storyline in that would just shock everybody. Everybody would be very shocked to see that happen. And Dave is really good about shocking people. So I could see something like that happen. I doubt that any of the Clone Force 99, any of the Bad Batch will get killed in this season. Now, we know that at some point, because we didn't see them in none of the movies, Rogue One or anything else, they probably all, all of them will get killed at by the end of whichever season it ends in. But I do not think that, it's, that anybody's going to die in the, uh, in the first season. That's fair. That's fair. Did anybody else have any thing that kind of jumped out to him with this episode of the dad batch does anybody else want oh does anybody else want hunter to kind of have like a lightsaber because how handy he is with that knife i i want to see him with the lightsaber dude oh i'm missing lightsabers so much yes <laughs> did anybody catch the beginning of the episode where omega's working on the gonk droid Yes. And that cute little scene between her and Hunter, where Hunter's like, yeah, he's defective just like us. That's why he fits in. And just keeps walking. And I was like, oh, like that was freaking wow. That, they even taking stray, stray defective droids. That's that's just cool. Droid rights. No, droid rights. Droid rights. Okay, so does anybody else have anything major that jumped out before we move on to the next segment? Hair flying. That was the first time Hera flew by herself, and I thought that that was very good for them to put that into that episode because that was her very first time. And yes, sir. I like the way that Tech was like, you're confusing everybody, including us. They kind of explained her unorthodox flying right there because she's always been known. That's one of her traits that she flies more unorthodox than everybody else. Garrison, what do you think, dude? Right. And with her, I like how they put in the reason she does it. So she's not, so, she specifically said, like, uh, she's not in it for the war or anything. She wa- just wants her family back. And I like how they showed that because it shows that a lot of the people in the Rebel Alliance or fighting against the Empire aren't necessarily in it because they want to be rebels, because they want to cause anarchy. They're in it because they want their family back. They want their freedom back. Or they're and, losing uh, something. I just like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that little bit in there that they're fighting for a good reason and they're not just, which we knew that, but I, I like how it shows kind of the humanity in each of them and how they're not just a bunch of rebels or terrorists. Uh, except for Saw Guerrero. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, okay. Well, I think that uh, we will move on to the Net news and rumors from the Net. The Net news rumors. Can I say Net enough? It's because that is their version of our internet, just in case anybody was curious. So, Net news and rumors. Who wants to lead off? Oh, I will. Okay, Garrison, I go will. for it. We wanna, if we want to go straight to video games, um, you know how, you all know how I like video games. So EA Play Live is kind of where they show, EA showcases some of their upcoming games. Like they're going to be showcasing their new Battlefield game. Um, well, unfortunately, they're not going to be showcasing any new upcoming Star Wars games, which has some fans worried um, that like, oh, maybe they're not coming out with stuff. They said they're still coming out with new Star Wars games. Um, they should still be coming out with the second Force Awakens or not Force Awakens, sorry, uh, Fallen Order. They should still be coming out with that. And then there's rumors on Reddit that they might be making a Battlefront 3, which would be cool. But unfortunately, we're not going to see anything at EA Play Live. Quick question for you there. Is the reason we're not seeing anything because they reportedly changed directors a couple weeks ago on a couple of their major platforms? It could be. Um, From like the articles that I've read, it's because they're trying to focus a little bit more on their, their Battlefield 2042. Battlefield's been kind of a big thing for them. Yeah. And so I think they're just focusing a lot on that and the new Battlefield. Um, 
I mean, as a kind of a small video game fan, I wish they would kind of do more Star Wars just because Battlefield seems like it's lagging behind Call of Duty. Um, Battlefield's still cool, but it just seems like it's lagging. And now they're doing 2042, like a future war, which Call of Duty's already done like a hundred times. Um, well, well, you gotta remember so too. So I wish they would kind of showcase Star Wars. And I, I, could, I can get behind that. As Star Wars fans, like we can definitely get behind that. But to be fair though, only something like 35 or 40% of eligible gamers are kind of Star Wars or sci-fi oriented. Something like 80 to 90% are war, death, destruction, Call of Duty, NBA oh, 2K true. gamers. So it could be something to do with that. So just to kind of throw that kind of odd well, the biggest together. Thing, if I can throw something out there, the biggest thing is, is when they did the Battlefront and Battlefront 2, they made not as much, but they almost made the same amount of money and like recording wise as their battle for, uh, battle, uh, the, the Battlefield games, right? That's fair, that's fair. And then when they did um, Fallen Order, I am taking after Captain Um over here. <laughs> <laughs> If, they, if, if anything, you know, when Fallen Order came out, they had the most recorded purchases for a Star Wars game since Battlefront 2 on the PlayStation 2. That's also fair. That's also fair. So um, I, I, I think they're kind of trying to make sure they're going to give a good product. I think they're going to be safe, especially with everything that's been going on, because they've been getting really, really scrutinized on some things. Like, oh, cool, you're making another Battlefield. Well, Call of Duty has already done that. Have fun with that. Like no. they're getting really scrutinized, so I feel like they're kind of like bearing down um, with the, the the Jedi and the Battlefront and all that other stuff. I think I honestly feel because they, they, in the article I read, I think I, Garrison and I read the next article. It's it's going to be a couple years before we see anything uh, from the Star Wars universe from EA. That's fair. That's fair. Kyle, did well, you have something there, dude? Y'all have to remember, too, that a few months ago, uh, I, I don't exactly remember how long ago it was. It might have been at the beginning of the year, but that uh, Lucas Games Unlimited also said that all future Star Wars games would be under Lucas Games Unlimited. Even though EA might make the game, the name rights is still owned by Lucasfilms or Lucas Unlimited. So since it's under Lucas, EA is not going to, even though they might have created the game, they're not going to push it like they would if it was one of their games. It's an EA game. So since that is happening, I can see why EA's like, uh, it's not, I'm, we're not gonna promote y'all's game. You you do with that. You pay for the promotion of your own game, even though they create. That, that's fair too. Garrison, what did you have, dude? That's a good point. And back to CJ's point, I guess I, I do kind of appreciate them, like if they're not fully ready, I appreciate them taking their time because we've seen a lot of games lately that have kind of been pushed to get out on a deadline or to get out early. Cyberpunk. Um, Cyberpunk, even <laughs> Cyberpunk like was Assassin's the biggest Creed. one. Right, and it ended up flopping. And then Assassin's oh. Creed Valhalla, they pushed that to get it. They tried to release it ahead of schedule and it ended up having a bunch of bugs and stuff. Still a decent game, but so many bugs. And, stuff. and so I appreciate how they're not rushing it. And I, with any Star Wars games, I really hope they take their time. As much as I want them to come out, I want them to take their time to make sure it's finally polished and all the details are good and there's no bugs. <laughs> good deal, good deal. So, anything else on the game front, gentlemen? No. Okay. Uh, well, kind of keeping with uh, kids' fun and games, CJ, you were saying something about some kind of figurine earlier? Okay, so the HasLab had an interview. I can't remember exactly with who. They were on an interview, one of the, one of the creators, and he screwed up and released 
kind of what we're getting next. One of the toys that we're hopefully going to get, and that is a Rancor. We are supposed to be getting a Hasbro Black Series Rancor. There is speculation that he is uh, about, considering based against the 3.75 scale figures, there's speculation he's going to be about 17.7 inches tall. Uh, see, Charlie, Charlie and I are going back and forth on this. How do you feel about it, though, Charlie? How do you feel about having a toy <sighs> ranking, finally, all, after all this time? Isn't there already, is it, is it Star Wars Legends? I think the figure series. The, there's a there's already a rancor that's huge and incredibly screen accurate and already exists. So I'm interested why they're choosing to do a black series version. And I think uh, it's because it's not they're it's hard not to something find. you have to get on eBay. I can sum it up for you in five I words. Would add. I can sum it up for you in five words, Charlie. The search for more money. <laughs> Capitalism. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Your face was. <laughs> Oh, geez. So, yeah, that, that that was priceless for the for the listeners. Her face was priceless. So, did anybody catch the fact that Dave Filoni is going to have his own action figure? Yes, oh, of course he is. <laughs> but but now, can anybody name what the action figure is going to be? He's going to be a pilot. He's going to be. But a what's his pilot. name? No, I didn't catch the name. Charlie Garrison. Kyle. Everybody right, shaking their heads. It. <laughs> uh, it will be a black. It'll be a black series figurine and looking like Dave Filoni. But the pilot's name from let's see here, his time as a X-wing pilot in the uh, in the Mandalorian will be Trapper Wolf. Really? Okay. Really, 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 really. So just a little nugget that I had in there. So Kyle, you look like a, you got something to say, dude. Well, going back to the toy rancor, wasn't there one that had like the full, you had the flip thing in the back where you could like push it down and the mouth would open and close yeah. and you could put like Luke in his hand and he was all huge as shit. Yeah. I, I don't remember if I had one or my brother had one, but one of us had one, it was like huge. It was like giant as shit. And he could like hold Luke Skywalker, like the 3.7 Luke Skywalker in his hand. And you could flip the little thing on his back and his mouth would open and close. Now this was years ago. This is this is my age coming out, but you know, wasn't that out a long time ago? Did, did did they have the holes in the back of his head for where the gate come down on him? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't remember that. I just I remember just it had like a flap so his mouth would open and close. <laughs> if I remember correctly. Cool deal. Cool deal. So I wanted to use this opportunity to ask: Does anybody have a particularly favorite Black Series figure? <gasps> if people are collectors or gatherers. Oh. Go on, CJ. Go on. CJ, oh you, CJ, you, you you don't look enthusiastic at all. So. Oh man, I am so excited. <laughs> the biggest thing is, I just so I've been getting into the black. I got into black series when it first initially started. My first black series figure was Poe Dameron, and I bought the helmet to go with it. My, why, why, why was he your first? Uh, he was the first one at Walmart that I saw. So I had all the power of the four, like, I still have them. I have a bunch of Han Solo and Luke and Ben Kenobi uh, Power of the Force toys. If anybody remembers the Power of the Force series. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, and those were my first collection. Like my first one was Han and Chewie. And I've had those since I was four. So the biggest thing is, is I saw Poe Dameron. I loved the outfit. I had, like, I was like, okay, cool, I'll grab that. Then I found the helmet. Like an hour later at GameStop and I ended up dropping, I don't know how much money on him and BB-8. But the one I've been excited for, and I've, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to say I finally got it, is Hunter. I found a toy shop here in Idaho, in Meridian, that literally now texts me when they get new Bad Batch stuff, and I immediately go and spend my paycheck on something Bad Batch. Cool. That's cool. That's cool. Charlie, what do you think? I have to talk about it. I'm so excited. Um, 
for listeners in the UK, um, if you didn't know already, um, Disney World in Florida has a Galaxy's Edge, which is like a sort of immersive part of the park. It's all Star Wars themed. They have just announced that their Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel will be opening, I think, in 2022. It's a two night all immersive experience where you get to go into hyperspace, you travel on a quote unquote ship. It looks absolutely incredible. There's a Star Cruiser, a bridge, cafe. There's even, there's even a lightsaber dojo. We talked about a couple of episodes ago, um, the retractable lightsabers from Galaxy's Edge. You get to use them. I'm going, are we going? Are we all going together? What's the deal? We could, I'm sure that we could figure Shut up and take my out. money! Yeah, shut up and take my money. <laughs> Capitalism! Fight one! Garrison, what are you thinking, dude? <laughs> just shut up and take my money. That sounds like the nerdiest, most amazing thing. Like, I just, dude, take my money. I don't care how, I don't care how much overtime I need to work. I, I'll go into debt for this. This sounds great. <laughs> dude, you already are going into debt. You're getting married next month. We're doing this instead. <laughs> he said, cancel the wedding. I hope anyway, your wife Galaxy's doesn't, Edge. I hope your wife doesn't David, listen to this listening, episode. I'm so sorry. Please. If you're listening, I'm sorry. Oh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. Uh, any other news or rumors out there going on? Yes, sir. So now this is a rumor, and I'm saying it's a rumor by who released this information. And this is going to make Charlie very happy. But they are planning by Mike Zero, and we all know to take him as a grain of salt that they are going to do a new TV live action series that's going to bring back Ray Skywalker as a new kind of Luke Skywalker and starting a new Jedi Order. They haven't released the name by what he says, but what it says on the article, it says, Star Wars hero Ray Skywalker walks away from episode nine, the rise of Skywalker, the only Jedi left in the universe and ending the dark side reign. However, Star Wars leaker Mike Zero claims she will be making a triumphant return in an up and coming Disney Plus TV show. What are your guys' thoughts? Charlie. How many of us can really say that we can believe what Mike says? <laughs> well, th th my thing is, and then I'm, I'm gonna ask Charlie real quick. My thing is, is rumors are rumors are rumors. Disney, Lucas, some of these content creators, I'm not gonna call them out, until we see it, I, I don't want to say that. I don't want to believe it. But all Star Wars, all the time. If it gives us, if it gives us something to talk about, hey, why not, Charlie? Um, I can't scream because I don't want to upset Carl's audio. Um, but I'm screaming. <laughs> She's screaming Obviously, on the inside. I am. Obviously, take everything with a pinch of salt. But um, anything to have Daisy back as Ray, please. Um, also, brilliant for my cosplay career. More costumes, more hairstyles. Gimme, 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 gimme. I've got something for you there in a second. I've got something for you there in a second on that. Keep going. Keep going. I'm so excited. If it ends up being true, I think if I mean look at the quality we got from the Mandalorian. It I almost feel like we're being spoiled. We're being being we're being so spoiled with the amount of quality content that we're getting at the moment. So please, like Garrison said, take take my money, take my Disney Plus subscription, uh -huh. take it, take all of it. <laughs> Garrison, what do you think? All right, all right. Well, let me just finish before you criticize me, Charlie. Uh, this is a rumor, so I'm not super optimistic about it, I guess, just because Disney, like, we've had confirmed Star Wars projects that have ended up not happening. Oh, honey, I'll um, take it and run. I'll take it right. and run. <laughs> but she I'm, just wants the storyboards. Right. Um, if it is true, part of me hopes not because I'm not the biggest fan of Rey, but on the flip side, because I didn't like, I wasn't a big fan of the sequels. 
But if they do do this, they could totally, I guess for lack of a better term, fix Ray, where Ray could become a much yeah. more likable character to all the Star Wars fans who didn't like her. If they did a series with her and kind of showed more about her, I think they could save her in a way and make her more likable and make her more of a Jedi that people like and respect. And so- Garrison, you're gonna have to stop saying stuff about Rey uh, cause Charlie just gave you this look that like she was gonna cut your head off. She looked like she would shove yeah. Rey's lightsaber like through your ear. It's really important to remember that as a Rey cosplayer, I am exposed to a large portion of the incredibly toxic male part of the fan base that detests Rey with every cell in their being. She just deserves some love. She honestly just deserves some love. And if there's any chance right. for redemption with a TV series to help improve that image and show that she's more than what all of these horrible opinions are, then please do it. I will pay so, Dave Filoni. <laughs> I will pay him with my own money. <laughs> my opinion on her, I wish I could like her. I really do. I just didn't think the sequels were all that good. I think Daisy Ridley does an awesome job. I think Daisy Ridley is awesome. And I think Ray has the potential to be a really cool character. And so if this series does end up happening, does end up happening, I really think they could do something where she becomes a lot more mainstream, yes, a lot absolutely. more likable, a lot yes. more. And so that's that's one thing I'm a little bit excited about is, OK, maybe they could fix some of the problems that arose with the sequels. That, um, that, that, that's that's very kind of save it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I have a list for everybody. Uh, my, my one little news nugget. I have a list and it's going to take me just a moment. So, Kyle, bear with me. This, this is not me. So just real quick, outstanding drama series, outstanding supporting actor in a drama series, outstanding guest actor in a drama series, outstanding directing for a drama series, outstanding writing for a drama series, outstanding production design for a narrative period or fantasy program that lasts an hour or more, outstanding casting for a drama series, outstanding cinematography for a single camera series for a half hour show, outstanding cinematography for a single camera series for a one hour show, Outstanding fantasy sci-fi costumes. There you go, Charlie. Outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series. Outstanding period and or character hairstyle. Outstanding prosthetic makeup. Outstanding music composition for a series. Original dramatic score. Outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series for an hour. Outstanding sound mixing for a comedy or drama series another one hour. Outstanding special visual effects in a season or a movie. Outstanding stunt coordination and outstanding stunt performance. That is the 23 Emmys that The Mandalorian season two was nominated for. Actually it was 24, I don't remember oh, what the other one 20. was. Oh, I, I think it's because one of them was doubled. Nah, and yeah. that was my, my, bad, a, my, my bad, man. But that 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 is extremely, extremely cool as shit. I think that's probably some of the best Star Wars news that we have got in a very long time. A lot of this has been negative. It's just negative, negative, negative. 24 Emmy nominations. Even if we won 10, we'd break any record. Star Wars would break any record. So 24 of them. And I think that the Mandalorian will win most of those because of, I mean, it's just awesome. So you know, what, what more can we say? So Kyle, don't be looking at the, don't be looking at the list. I want to see if anybody can guess who the outstanding supporting actor was. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. CJ, give me a give me a outstanding supporting actor in Mando. Who the IG unit. Okay, Grogu. that's his guess. Yeah. Grogu. <laughs> okay, Gro okay, so we got Grogu, we got IG. Garrison, who do you think? Maybe Boba. 
Okay, we got Boba. Oh, it's Kyle. Marcy. Kyle, yeah. do you, Kyle, do you want to you want to break the bad news to him or the good news to him? Dina Carrera. No, 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 no. How about one uh, Moff Gideon? Really? He was only John, like three episodes. John, Giancarlo Esposito. Yes. That's somebody pulled some strings on that one because he was only like two, that three that episodes. The whole. He was in the very last one in the last uh, of the first season. And then in the in the last season, he was in, what, three? He was in like three episodes and he got the most, the supporting dog. That's just, nah. He's yeah. a great villain, though. But he is a great villain. I, I think that was kind of where they went with it because without him, you don't have like the the whole apex of season two. Garrison, you were going to say something, dude? No, I, just back to the whole, like, all the awards. I know I'm used to, like, the critical one, and everybody <laughs> probably hates me because I, because I hate on everything. Because I'm real, I got really high standards. But just let me no. relax a little bit and say, dude, they deserve all of these. Like, I'm really happy. As, as critical as I am, and as hard to please as I am, I'm pretty pumped for Mandalorian. And it was a great show, and there was a lot of good stuff on it. So let me, as a super critical one who can't ever be pleased, let me just say that. <laughs> can, can anybody just appreciate the fact that the youngest person on our cast is the most hypercritical? Charlie, what do you think? <laughs> I just wanted to say that I also like, they deserve every single Emmy nomination. That is a truly 100%. class piece of television making, including some of the like kind of really sort of prestigious ones, outstanding drama, like just Star Wars. Star yeah. Wars. And, and, and The Mandalorian, <laughs> they, they, they introduced kind of the 12 to, well, I would say the 10 to 23, 24 year olds that back into the Star Wars universe they'd gotten turned off by the sequel trilogy not hating just putting it out there that they reintroduced that Star Wars could be cool again instead of director and fighting so you know what it's all good karma it's all good karma from having the slave one the slave one was in an episode (laughs) (laughs) does does anybody else have any news or rumors anything new today this week was a little bit of a dry week except for the Emmys anybody yeah well, one of the things I want to say about the enemies is the enemies, Mandalorian what? The enemies? <laughs> the Mandalorian team themselves said that they were so happy that Kathleen Kennedy, the president of Lucasfilm, was part of the Mandalorian. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Excuse me. I've got a bad cough. Oh, shit. Yo, yo that, was, that is so sweet of them to include somebody that didn't do a damn thing. So, so, really so no worries. They're, they're sucking. The they're sucking up to her. That way, they don't get Gina Carano. Does all that Leave is. Leave her alone. <laughs> Leave the poor woman alone, okay? Which one, Kennedy or Carano? Kennedy. Uh, okay, Charlie. What were I'm you going to say? Honest, I feel like the only reason why they said that is because they love giving to charity and being so giving. Oh! oh I'm sorry. I'm going to say something here. You have I to think say. about it. If it wasn't for Kathleen Kennedy, we wouldn't have no Mandalorian. Because she Thank didn't you. want... I mean, the rest of them didn't want... They all wanted to do movies. Nobody wanted to do a TV series. Oh. Kathleen Kennedy is the one that came up with doing the TV cool. series. Cool. She said, she said one thing and agreed to it. Cool. But did she bring in these actors? No. Did she write the script? No. Did She's she a producer. Anything? That's not her job. She's a producer. <laughs> what I'm do sorry, producers but, do? I'm sorry. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. She isn't. George she doesn't Lucas. deserve any of this criticism that's leveled at her. She's a producer. Then good for her. She just she shouldn't be getting any credit for major things. Y'all just I'm can't sorry. handle that. There's a woman in charge of Star Wars. That's what the problem that is, is. No, that no, is so that is not true. That's so, so not. not okay, we were the first <laughs> podcast that bitched that it took so long to get Carrie Fisher a star. Not true. 
That I is categorically so deny that. I have no Good problems call. with a female right, being right. in charge. I just want a female in charge that knows what she's talking about and puts it is like competent. literally. Oh, what's that? The Mandalorian is oh. a shining example of how competent she let's see, is. Let's hear your side, Charlie. Let's hear your side. What? Because we all know why we hate her. Let's why why is she good? I'm willing to listen. Uh, actually, I have to stand with Charlie on this because without Kennedy, without Kennedy's competency for bringing in this vision that Favreau and Filoni signed into, I have to stand with Charlie on this one. Even though I can't stand her bleeding guts on her other projects, I got I got I got to stand with Charlie. We have spent weeks ragging on this woman. That was woman. very gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> we have spent weeks, weeks tearing her to pieces. It's really, really important to remember that people forget that this criticism that's leveled at the project she was involved in that didn't go so well, that were heavily criticized, it is not all on her. And it comes off, I know you guys don't feel this way, but it comes off that you guys just can't handle the fact that a woman's in charge of Star Wars. Yes, she made some mistakes. Yes, she had some problems, but it's not all her fault. Producer doesn't mean writer, doesn't mean director, doesn't mean casting agent. As a, as a touch so... of devil's advocate, as a little bit of pushback here, just to be completely fair on all the playing field, the top person, male, female, all the other letters of the alphabet for Kyle, whoever's in charge, they get either all the credit or they get all the shit. There's no in-between. Exactly, this is what my so, problem is. She gets so, all so, the uh, shit so I can, and she doesn't I can deserve see it. I, 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 I'm right there with you. Mando is the one shining example. It's just too bad that all the other stuff is so negative criticism worthy. Did we forget Apologies the fact, to the listeners, I'm sorry. <laughs> did we forget the fact that Kathleen Kennedy was selected by George Lucas to take over for Star Wars. George Lucas knew what he was doing when he put her in charge. He wouldn't have put her in charge if he didn't think that she was able to do her job. And he regrets it, except for this one thing. Well, well he hasn't said Almighty that. He has Lord never came out and physically said, there's no recording that said that he thinks that Kathleen Kennedy is doing a bad job. That's no, fair. That's fair. There's that's no writing. Fair. This is all speculation. And just like we have stated on other episodes, just because her name is on everything doesn't make it her fault. Yes. That, that's that, you guys, you oh, guys the, are picking up what I'm putting down. You're picking up what I'm putting down. The, 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 thing, the thing, though, is called a play devil's advocate for the other side. We, as fans, as content consumers, as consumers in general, we blame whoever's in charge for either good products or we want to sue whenever it's a bad product or whenever, in, in our case here, we like to fuss and cuss whenever we don't agree with something else. So they're, they're basically well, what we coming put down, down to We is, could put down John Favreau because he was executive producer. So if we really want to put down somebody, we could put down him because technically she didn't have nothing to do with any of it. All, it's just her name because she's the president. Technically, and, and, John and, and Dave just, did a hell of a lot more work on all three of the films. Everything that's been produced by Lucasfilms since Disney took over, we could really put it all on them. Okay, so so can so can I can I say one thing here because we we've kind of devolved into a little bit of fighting in between us, and we are not the ones we need to be fussing against no. or, or or trolling against. How about we can all just shift all of this angst onto Ryan Johnson, he who shall not be named. <laughs> oh, yes. can, we can we get behind that? Let me rant about this man. Let me rant about what he did. He has opened up and stated after The Force Awakens, when he took over for The Last Jedi, he had opened up and stated to the, the cast and crew, I don't want to do anything that J.J. Abrams is going to do. J.J. Abrams can go F off. 
you missed the discussion last week. Yeah, we yeah, got, you, we spiced, we, we it got, it got this extremely over. spicy. It got heated. All right, so, so, I so, to it, but still, this, this man, I'm sorry, you have the whole world in the palm of your hand. You have pure dominance, and you're like, nope, sorry, I'm just gonna throw it in the garbage. I'm sorry, I'm gonna get a little feisty. Okay, I I got you, I got you. So, but the the thing is, is we're we're all in agreement on that, but a hundred percent, dude. Charlie, the penultimate word, and then Garrison, and then we'll move on. Charlie. Uh, thanks everyone for letting me have this little kind of ranty detour. I needed to say it. I needed to get some stuff off my chest. It's fine. I'll uh, <laughs> I'll screw you all over with the quiz in like five minutes. It's fine. Oh, thanks. Oh, jeez. No. Oh, no. Garrison, <laughs> Garrison, the last word, dude. See. We've all had this big discussion. We dis- agree, disagree. Maybe we could all just be like me and hate on everybody equally. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's my job. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think with that, it is time for Charlie's impossible quiz. Oh. All right, Charlie, we're ready to get our butts okay. handed to us. Come on. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Okay, now now remember the rules of the game. Charlie is the uh, ultimate arbiter here. Whichever Zoom hand or actual hand she sees first, or not because she's going to kick our tails, she is the final ruler on this. I am the final ruler. Right, first question. I think this is quite easy. What is the name of the bounty hunter who attempts to assassinate Padme in Attack of the Clones? CJ. Well, initially it was contracted through Django Fett. Nope. Next, Mark. No, Django Django was my thought. Anybody? I, I can see I can see her face, but I can't. It's the, I can't it's the, it's the shape changer. Chi- yeah. yeah, I can't remember what her name is though. Yeah. No, Sam Wessel. Oh, <laughs> wow! You guys are off to a terrible Charlie start. Charlie won the team well, zero. Finish mine. <laughs> you got to be quick. You got to be quick. Who what? was Mace Windu's master? Oh, um, oh, oh, oh! Why is this skipping my head? I literally just read something about this. I did too. Five, four, three. Two. Yoda. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I am going to butcher this. Um, Cyslin Mar? Cyslin Mar, yeah. Cyslin Mar, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Thank See, you. Was... <sighs> okay, this one is really easy. If none of you get this, I'm going to be so upset. Who created the Darksaber? Uh, CJ. Uh, CJ Rizzle. put his hand up first. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> this is Legends, so there's a bunch of different ways to put this. I'm just going to put it in one way. A Sith, or not Sith, ha, that was bad. A force-wielding Mandalorian, and his name was, oh, why is it gone now? No, 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 <laughs> skip me, I can't remember. No. Kyle. Bar Rizla. Yes. You said it, and I literally just <laughs> skipped right past it. You said it. Right, I have to add this question, because you're going to answer, and you're all going to answer wrong. What's the name of Jang, what was the name of Jango Fett's first ship? Oh, I'm ashamed of myself. Not slave one. Slave one. Not slave one. <laughs> it had a name. It had a name. Uh, well, according to Lego, it was. Please let me capture you in a very okay, kind yeah. way. Ship no, one. No. No. <laughs> right. Nobody. Are unicorn ship. Django's first ship was called Jaster's Legacy. Who stole that from? Somebody stole that from him. In one of the books, who stole that from? Somebody stole this Work that brain. Work that brain. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Oh, uh, somebody yeah. stole that shit from him, and that's why he had to get slave one. I can't remember. Okay, so right. Charlie, so Charlie three, Kyle one. The rest of us suck. What human Star Wars character took three actors to portray in A New Hope, but only one actor to portray in Return of the Jedi? 
Mark. Darth Vader. No. What? No. Okay. Anybody? Chewbacca. No. He's not human. Human character. Oh, who's my fault? Nobody? Oh, Wedge he... An... Oh, no. Oh. Wedge Antilles. He was played what? by he was played by Colin Higgins, who was fired after one scene and replaced with Dennis Lawson for the Death Star run. But the British actors were both dubbed over with David Ancrum. Wow, I didn't know. Damn. This this okay, one's a little li- bit listeners, deeper. we really need you to like write in and yell yeah, at I us got, for yeah. this stuff. Um, where was Shadow of the Empire set in the timeline and how many films were originally planned? Um, it was two films and it was set in um uh, 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 it was set in right after uh, Empire. Um, no, right after uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, you are so close. I'm Kyle. I'm going to give you that point unless Mark knows. Three films after Return. No. Really? Okay. Three films between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Kyle, you had oh, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The, the the book that was uh, specifically set the the book in Legends specifically says that the shadows became known as the Remnant after Palpatine died on Death Star 2. Well, I thought, well, ain't it Shadows the one with the... Well, not out here, the, the Empire, no. You know what? You guys uh, can I both have a half... I am thinking of the Empire. Ah! Uh, no, you no, guys can Kyle, both have... Kyle's good, yeah. You guys can have... You can both can have a point for that, because that was really close. Ooh, this one, I, I even brought a prop. I brought a prop. BB-8! What was the title of the book intended for release if Star Wars was never a success? This is a really deep one. Can you repeat the question? Um, what was the title? A book was intended to be released if Star Wars was never a success. What was the title of that book? Show us the prop because none of us DJ? are going to get it. Uh, the Adventures of Luke Starkiller. No, that was the original no. title of Star Wars. I thought that was the name of the book also. No, no? different book. Okay. All right, show us the book. Yeah, what's, what's it the prop? Vader or something? It, it is. Uh, uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Yeah, it was about Vader. It was, Whoa. yeah, it's about Vader. It was ri- it was written in lieu of Star Wars not being a success in cinemas, but obviously it was a raging success and the written, it, the copy was released subsequently a couple of years later. Can we really argue that was a raging success though? I mean, really? Star Wars, the first movie, a success, no. Okay, 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 okay. I've only got a few now more for you. I've only got a few more. too critical. Even I won't go that far. <laughs> How many horns does Darth Maul have in The Phantom Menace on his head? Nine. CJ. Ten. Yes. He's got ten. Yes. I am a huge Darth Maul fan. <laughs> I will fight anybody for that. I have dressed up as Darth Maul four times. It is ten horns. Do you know how hard it is to get ten horns on your head? <laughs> Who are the Ashla and the Bogon? Uh, I, Mark? Those are the moons that were back 4,000 years ago that represented the light and the dark side of the Force back when our force wheelers were known as Jedi rather than Jedi. Yes, unless, you... unless, well, technically that's not what I have written down. Can I have Kyle's answer as well, just for posterity? Okay. Like Mark said, they are the moons and it was 25,000 years ago because okay. it was into the void. That, that's right, yeah. And they were the Jedi or the GD. And GD. <laughs> however you say it. Sorry. <laughs> and they were the, the uh, Bogan was the dark side. Yes. Uh, the other one, I can't remember what Ashland. the other name was. Ashla was, was the light, the light side. side. That's how they identified themselves. So what do you have wrote down? I have that they're original members of the Jedi Order, Ashla and the light side and the Bogan and the dark side. So Kyle can have it. Kyle have it. Has anybody been keeping right. score? Because I have yes. I have one point. I know I have zero. Garrison, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it next week and I'm going to put some really easy ones in. 
Oh, oh the whole point is to find the fuck, and we don't oh. know the answer. <laughs> oh. I know, but I feel like right. I need to be nice. I got one so, okay, last so, movie. So, so is, gonna... is, is, Charlie, uh, is Charlie five, Kyle three, CJ one, Garrison and I are coming up the rear. Aw, Kyle wins. Nice one. Yay. I have a point. I'm, I'm just impressed. But you also... <laughs> You also, I think I won last week. I was oh, not I expecting character. you to come in so hard with the 10 for Darth Maul. I really wasn't expecting anyone to get it. He, I'm sorry. I, I've been really on this kick of watching him on uh, on Clone Wars because I love Sam Witwer. I think he's an incredible actor, incredible voice actor. But the biggest thing is, is that I got into, I don't know, Kyle, I know you're the book guy here. And so are you, Charlie. You're the book female over there. But uh I've been listening to the audiobook of Maul uh, Chained or yeah, Unchained or Chained or yeah. something like that. And I have been in love with it so far. It, it's just amazing. Well, I'm going to ask you something before Garrison says something here, just to see if you listened to last, week of, uh, last week's episode. Who's Brendan Wayne? This is for Char- uh, CJ only. Brendan Wayne, who is he? Yeah, you know what? Ah, uh, he didn't listen no, to last week's episode. I did listen. Hold on. I, I did listen. But you also are going to understand I work while I listen to it. So I have people I, I boss around. So Excuses. it's kind of hard. I might have, oh, I might have missed it. Oh, wow. Wow. No, no I'll go back and listen to it again. Brendan Wayne is John Wayne's grandson. Garrison, what you got, dude? Oh, I didn't even hear the last name right then. Okay, I could have told you that. <laughs> I'm a huge John Wayne fan. I, I thought you said Wayne. <laughs> It's Wayne. Okay, Wayne, we're like seriously John going Wayne off the, the rails. Garrison, what are you thinking, dude? Just a funny little side note. I actually knew how many horns he had because back when I was a kid, our school library had like these, they're called like Dorling Kindersley eyewitness books or something. And they had like, I was a big history buff, right? So they had all these history books. Well, that same company made a Star Wars book. Yeah, they right? do. They're really cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but the problem was my my old uh, library, like the old librarian at my elementary school, put it in, along with all the other eyewitness books in the nonfiction section. So when I was in like first grade, <laughs> I thought all this stuff was real. There you go. Wait, wait, wait. So I'm reading all this crap and I'm like, what? It's <laughs> not real? Wait, it what? It's not real? What? No! Hey, so so next you're gonna tell me something's not real. Section. That means it's real. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's it see. Was, it was in the nonfiction section, so I was like, "What? No, oh, it, what? It, it, there you go. There you go. Now you're gonna tell me Santa's <laughs> not real, Dad? Gone it and the Easter Bunny. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So let's see here. Does anybody have anything else? Charlie, thank you for kicking our tails as always. You now, are so welcome. It is my absolute pleasure. I just want to know where the hell you finding these damn questions there, because some of these questions are like, what? Why would he even know that? Like, who knows the monster in the damn craft? Who's going to know that? I specifically write these because you're the book nerd. Well, yeah, I know about the book, but I don't know the monster in the damn, in the Death Star, in the trash, the trash monster, whatever his name was. Like, who's going to know that? Who cares? All right, well, let, let's just see if we can, let, let me see if I can stop Charlie here. And this is for Charlie only, and then, and then we'll get wrapped up. Charlie. I'm going to give you a quote. I want you to fill in the blank, okay? Trooper blank, why aren't you at your post? Is from a new hope. Anybody no. want to help her out? I say, uh, no. <laughs> TK421. TK421, of course. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> when he was sitting outside of the I feel like that sounds yep. so familiar. Right, right, right outside yeah, the, the minute, Yeah, the can minute I, you can said I throw it. throw something out there real fast? What you got? I think my favorite part in A New Hope is when 
Han Solo is sitting at the comm link and he asks the other troop or the How are you today? Everything's fine, all good. How are you? And then we're gonna send a regiment of troopers up there. We're gonna send a regiment of troopers up there. Hey, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? Kyle, it is crazy. I just read an article the other day that they tried to say that there was no humor in Star Wars and none of That's the Star right. Wars. Print. That was the funniest part. I was like, well, that, so that was the second funniest part. The, the there, funniest there, part, will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Or Leia, when, Leia, Leia, Han, being when sure. Leia tells Han she loves him and he's like, I know. I know. Well, well, I know. I, actually, one of my favorite Leia lines from A New Hope, you came here in that thing? You're better than I thought. <laughs> there's so much, com- there, there's trip, huh? so much comedy within Star Wars. It's crazy. And for this person, I, I'll find I'll find the article because I'm going to bring it up on the next episode because we're going to talk bad about this person. But this person, he's a critic and he said there's no humor in none of the Star Wars movies. I'm like, dude, there's so much funny stuff that happens in the Star Wars movie. I'm What's sorry. wrong with you? My favorite line Not that I mention- can quote is when Han Solo is going to go save Luke in the snowstorm and Empire Strikes Back, he's like, your Tauntaun will freeze out there. Then I'll see you in hell! And he just rides off like since, a, a complete badass. Since, since like, we're an audio medium, nobody except us just saw Charlie pull back 2015 whenever she dabbed because of Leia. So, <laughs> not to mention all the memes we have. Oh, oh yes. So oh, yes. Oh, man, we'd be a meme galore. Indeed, indeed. Well, it's lady, lady and gentlemen, does anybody have anything else? It's been a great time today. I'm oh, just glad to be back. Hey, we're glad to have you back, CJ. We missed you. Uh, for for our listeners, behind the scenes, he overslept. <laughs> hey, hey, he's I always overslept. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I overslept <laughs> one day by accident. And we're never going to let you forget time, it. The second time, it was completely just a hectic day. I had a family incident that I had to handle. And it everything's good now. Everything? But Everything is good. Everything's good. How are you today? (laughs) (laughs) How are you? And just for everybody to know, we are soon. We're we're working everything out. We will be live streaming the podcast soon. We're just working out all the details and we'll let you guys know what uh what we're gonna be live streaming on when we get to that point. And we do have other things in the works for the listeners as well. Lady, gentlemen, it has been an absolute honor and pleasure today. Listeners, don't forget that if you'd like to be a guest on our show, write us, hit us up on our social media, check out the funnies, check out the memes. Just come hang out with us uh, for a time, talk some Star Wars with us. We thank you all for listening, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for listening to LSR. If you enjoyed the show, consider subscribing so you will be notified when we release a new episode. If you would like to be a guest on the show or just want to give some feedback, feel free to email us at lightsaberradio at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on whatever platform you consume your podcast. It really does help. Once again, thank you for listening and may the force be with you.